Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Brian. The real estate market is crazy. Finding an agent you can trust isn't easy. Thankfully, the one thing I'm more certain of than Brian Schottenheimer calling a running play on second and long is that you can trust John Hurlbut and his team at Altitude Homes. I know John personally, and nobody does it better in Pierce, South King, and Thurston County. So head on over to altitude-re.com HB to get real estate help you need. That's altitude-re.com HB. Or give them a call at 253-222-2626. Again, that's 253-222-2626. Go Hawks! Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S. and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com, click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. All right, everybody, welcome to, I believe it's the 84th episode of Real Hawk Talk. This is Brian Nemhauser, uh, at Hawk Blogger on Twitter, and excited about the show we're going to have tonight. Um, we get to talk about a lot of fun stuff. We get to talk about a new Cable Thanos video. We get to talk about Seahawks making the playoffs again. We get to talk about... Um, a great divisional matchup this week. And we're also going to talk about the playoffs uh, in terms of who the Seahawks may match up against and who we think they might match up well against and how our opponents might be looking at the Seahawks. Um, so we got a lot to cover as often we do and really happy to have you all joining. Um, uh, we're excited as usual to have our, multi-state, multi, you know, international crew with us. Um, you know, we'll start with uh, Evan Hill at Evan Hill, S-E-A on Twitter. How is the weather by you, Evan? It is a freezing, freezing 68 degrees. Help me God, I have winter coats on. I had to take out my dogs this morning and it was like this desert wind chill of like 61 and I was freezing my absolute ass off. So please send help. Please send heat warmers. I need all the prayers I can get. Okay. Uh, Nathan, at Nathan E11 on Twitter, Nathan Ernst, uh, our voice of reason and constant optimism this year, the, 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 the source of all optimism on this pod. Uh, how's it going, man? 
Uh, good. I'm trying to not accidentally leave the meeting here. Uh, good, good. <laughs> doing good. Uh, it's delightfully chilly here. Feels like winter. I love it. It's nice and cold. It's awesome. <laughs> Uh, and we will be joined by Mr. Jeff Simmons uh, shortly, um, and he will come on a little bit later, but uh, we will see him soon enough. Um, and, uh, you know, Evan, if you wouldn't mind, um, I still have not had a chance to put up the, uh, the merch uh, uh, on uh, the, the blog, but you wouldn't mind grabbing the link for that, and we will uh, drop that in the chat. Um, if you haven't already, and we'll retweet that out. Uh, it is not too late to buy Real Hawk Talk merchandise ahead of your holidays, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever you're celebrating, Kwanzaa. And even if it doesn't make it for the holidays, you're going to want to have this stuff. So uh, really great sweatshirts, shirts, uh, I think comforters, coffee mugs, all sorts of great stuff and uh enjoy so yeah it's it's in the pod uh chat right now if you look at that that will we'll, you'll see the link there and then i guess we were talking just before we got in the show uh we got a new cable thanos video today uh evan you you said you thought it was your favorite that's a big statement dude uh it's up on the it's up on the channel youtube.com slash hawk blogger why why was this your favorite uh, Josh, I love it when you call out Seahawks haters, <laughs> calling them out for these extremely bold bad takes that the Seahawks are going to go like four and twelve, five and eleven, whatever. Um, my hot, my, I think my favorite part of the entire video, Josh, was genuinely you just posting a photo of Ben Baldwin's Twitter account. <laughs> I, I thought that was hilarious, um, but I, I appreciate you kind of taking the old takes exposed role. So. Um, you're the accountability that Seahawks Twitter needs. Brian Schonheimer <laughs> provides some in-person accountability to this roster, but you are the Twitter equivalent. So thank you, Nathan. You uh, you you were enjoying the uh, the new the new Cable Thanos. Did you have a favorite part of the video? Uh, I only got to watch it once so far today, so I don't know. Uh, I I I love when the uh, uh, he had Hollister getting hoisted up. Uh, in the after the what was it after the Tampa game where everybody like threw him on his shoulders and carried him around, uh, that was pretty great. I liked the Jason Myers part of that a little less. Uh, <laughs> it was a good one. I think my favorite though is still the the one with Cowherd and the slogans. Uh, I think that's probably my wait. Favorite. I missed the Jason Myers part. Hold up. What are you what are you referring to? When he, they 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 pulled put Jason Myers on their shoulders after the 49ers game. Oh, got it. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I part of the video, my... Evan, where he runs through like a bunch of the different victories, and so it starts out like one and zero, and two and zero, and three and zero. I need to rewatch this video because I don't remember like half. It's of like this. a third of the video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would just say uh, there were not many Jason Myers highlights. That that's certainly the case um, along the way, but but uh, somehow he still made the Pro Bowl. That's crazy. Shut up. He did not, did he? No, he did not, because he's not a pro <laughs> level kicker. Oh, my God. I mean, my guy, Upati, or Upati, however you pronounce it, uh, he made it as an alternate, so anything's possible. But, um, yeah, I, I 
for me, I enjoyed the Russ dance after the 49ers being used. That is still one of my favorite Russ moments in his career. I don't know what <laughs> that was so quintessential Russ. It was super awkward and like not was not cool, but he was so excited and genuine. Like it was just him, like his hair, like which you never can quite like, is he growing it out? And it's like craziness or is he gonna shave it like he's like all over the place he's kind of committed to the long hair this year though so the curls are in full effect that was pretty fun um so. have you noticed actually real quick that yeah. russell wilson's strongest mvp chances came in the one year he didn't cut his hair and go bald or not bald but like buzz cut early in the year did you notice that correlation i did not there's a direct correlation between those two things so russell <laughs> If you're listening to Real Hot Talk, we are cutting you from the Seahawks. If you ever cut your hair again, keep it long. So speaking of speaking of uh, fun and 49ers victories that we, you know, 49ers losses in this case that we got to witness, um, <laughs> I got to start by talking about the 49ers. And uh, we didn't really get a chance to talk about what happened this weekend as much um, <laughs> with, with that crew. Uh, did you guys get to watch the 49ers Falcons game? Hell, I mean, the last like five minutes I did. The important yes. part of it. Yeah. yeah. What was your take on that game? Like, what, what, what did you walk away with? Uh, Nathan, do you want to start? No, go for it. I think <sighs> the reality is, is twofold. Number one, I think Richard Sherman is a huge part of that defense. Fans recognize that too, as well as the players on that roster. Richard Sherman is a leader. He's really been, I guess you could say, almost like the the embodiment of that like defensive um, dominance. Like he is not only a leader, he's also like one of the top three, four corners in the NFL. He's having an all-pro season. He is playing like Richard Sherman was in Seattle. So he was out and he was, that was noticeably a huge impact on their, you know, on their DBs. Um, but really the entire defense felt it. The second thing I would say is um, they are, they are really decimated going forward. Like they don't think D Ford is going to play for the next few weeks. Richard Sherman has that severe hamstring pull that he's like rushing to um, get back to this week against the Rams. Um, there's a, there's Tart who's injured. They just lost their center. Um, Wait a second. You missed an opportunity to say Jaquiski Tart. J- like, is that his first name? I just know his last name. You can't like just say Tart. I mean, that's like, like one of the best names in the NFL. It, it's a good name. Either, either way, he's injured. He's an injured name. And I, I just think uh, moving forward, especially going into the playoffs, if that defense is anything less than the elite standard that they've been playing for most of the year, I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo to lead that team to multiple playoff wins. So I think, uh, I think it was a little chink in their armor. Interesting. So, so I want to come back to you on this one, Nathan, but are you saying that you believe that like the 49ers, if they're, if they were to win, win it all this year, where would you, where would you allocate most of the credit? Like which, which part of the team do you think is the best part of the team? I think it's their defense. It's the most elite part of their entire team. I think there's a strong argument. They're the best defense in the NFL. Um, when healthy, um, their defensive line is insane. 
They have good defensive back talent. You know, they had, they lost, everybody forgets, but Quan Alexander was having like an all pro year. He tore his pec against the Seahawks or maybe it was the week before. The week before. Around that time. Um, They've lost some people and they've still been balling pretty well. I, I just don't, I'm very hesitant to crown Jimmy Garoppolo like the entire mainstream media has. So uh, the defense is my answer. Interesting. We'll maybe come back to that another another day. Um, but uh, Nathan, uh, from what you saw, anything that you, you took away from that game? Uh, I took away something really dumb. I don't usually get into this kind of stuff. Uh, but I thought Shanahan's body language on that last drive was awful. He was like smirking and rolling his eyes and like had a, just like a, I, he looked offended by his own team or like <laughs> you could just feel the disgust from him. Um, which I don't know. It was a kind of an odd vibe from him down to the end of that game. Uh, and it also felt like he like, had almost kind of conceded that it was going to happen. So I don't usually do the body language game much, but like he had some really like pronounced body language things going on. And I need to stop on just one thing that absolutely killed me. I was dying laughing. I could not, I could not stop thinking about this in the moment. Remember when they, so they had that first touchdown taken away. Okay, whatever. We can debate whether that should have been a touchdown, whatever. I think it should have been a touchdown. The NFL is stupid. But no matter what, they scored on that second touchdown. Did you guys see the 49ers defenders in the entire side, their entire sideline, like storm the fucking field like the game was over, acting like that ball didn't clearly pass the goal line and celebrating like they had just won, like, the Super Bowl when it clearly passed the goal line and all the rest were like, hold up, everybody, hold the hell up, get back on your sidelines. We need to review this as a scoring play. Did you guys not find that as funny as I did? Because I, I thought it was hilarious. I enjoyed the whole thing. I mean, that other than the fact that let's be really honest, the, the refs in that game were horrible horrible like that's just been a story all year in the nfl i mean even go i mean the lions packers game is still like probably the worst refereed game i've seen all year in terms of refs directly affecting an outcome of a game but in any event like and by the way that still has major ramifications on the playoffs that game that the lions were 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 ripped off on but there were so many calls that just screwed the falcons and i gotta admit I, I still believe that that was absolutely a catch from Austin Hooper for the first touchdown. That ball never moved when it touched mm. the ground. Like th- he had control the whole way. They took that away. And then when he had that, when um, Julio Jones made that catch, I didn't necessarily think it was a touchdown on first, you know, hmm. uh, on live real time. So it wasn't until the replay where, where I saw that, but man, did you notice the fan reaction? Oh my God. That? It's so <laughs> delicious. I mean, like just them losing is awesome enough. Losing to the Falcons is even more awesome. And then having them think that they won and then lose is like, Oh my God. It's so good. It just was so good. I, 
it says so much about who I am as a person that I probably enjoyed that more than I did the Seahawks win over the Panthers. Like, no, I, I totally did too. One or the other, I definitely wouldn't have traded a Seahawks loss. That's for sure. But I enjoyed the 49ers losing more than I enjoyed the Seahawks win. And I totally did too. Zero shame. I think the reason is like, we didn't expect the Falcons to win that game. And it just felt like a free Christmas gift. So great to see. Hey, I, I do want to take a second. We've got a great uh, contribution in the super chat from, uh, I'm hoping I pronounced this correctly, Rurik or Rurich um, Ellings. Um, he's taking his dad to his first Hawks game on Sunday against the Cards, big game. Wants to know the best place to grab a pre-game beer and bike. Thanks, guys. Uh, do you guys have a favorite spot for pre-gaming and before uh, going to a CX game? I really like Elysian. I mean, good luck getting in there and getting a seat and everything. But if you can manage it, I think Elysian is probably my favorite. Evan, it's probably been a little while since you've gone, but do you have one? I really don't. I Not for Sunday games. Um, good God. I would just say avoid buying food or, or drinks inside of the stadium. Get it outside for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've gone all around. I mean, it really depends on what you like. So, What was that one place, Brian, that you and I went to? Um, actually, was it with Nathan? Yard on, House. Was that Yard House? Well, you went you went with me to Yard House before. Um, it's on 4th Ave. Yeah, no, I think that, I'm pretty sure that was Yard House. So it was, it's a it's a walk, you know, it's a little bit of a, a walk. It, it's yeah. So I generally I look for places that have Direct TV Sunday tickets, so you can see all the early games. And those the, those places, the lodge. There's two lodges downtown. Um, one that's close to the stadium that's hard to get in unless you get there at like nine, you know, at least. And then there's another lodge. I haven't actually been to it. I stopped going to the lodge because honestly, the food started really like they they just lowered the quality significantly on game day. I think just to get stuff out there, um, the farther away from the stadium you get, the easier it is to find seats, um, at places. So like if you want to walk, um, the yard house is pretty good. They don't open until 10, but there are TVs all around. The food's pretty good. The drinks are good. Um, Oh, you know, what is good is the triangle pub. Have you guys ever been there? Never been there. Yep. It's, it's a fun place. I highly recommend it right next and to the stadium. And then if you're looking for, like, if you're looking for dive bar, but, like, good stuff, um, fuel is fun. I don't know if that's really father appropriate. Depends on on how you, you like that. Uh, you might see Will there, Rain City Series. Uh, and the last place I caught that's been fun lately is The Perch. Um, it's right near the stadium, and it's in, like a like, a condo or something. So it's up on this, it's like this big thing and um, you go up an elevator to get there and then it looks out over the stadium and uh, it's pretty fun. It's usually pretty easy to get into as well, although it's getting more busy. So those are a few places I call out. Another one is you can go to Safeco and you can get into their concourse where they've got the Edgar, whatever, Cantor, the Cantina. whatever it is. What is it? Cantina. Cantina. Yeah, Cantina. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it costs like a buck to get in uh but the prices if i remember right weren't terrible it's usually pretty easy to find a spot it's big open space obviously in there you so mean you mean t-mobile park right uh sure <laughs> yes i do it's been a while since i've been there so 
But yeah. So Side that, note, that magenta is absolutely hideous and disgusting. Sorry. It's, they've got it a little bit better. Like they've they've got, you, you probably haven't seen it. They've got some lights now going up there at night. It looks pretty cool. Um, hmm. You'll see it when you're coming up here in a little bit. By the way, for folks that are wondering, um, I'm sure everyone is, I'm going to pay off my bet a little bit early, I think, on the season. I'm not sure, um, uh, but we will be going. Evan's coming up. We are going to go back to Matador, and I'm going to be buying nachos and margaritas for the crew because uh, DK Metcalf is absolutely locked in for being at least second on the team in targets, and uh, he's done stuff. When we talked about in the preseason, Nathan, you talked about receivers that were – Eight, started the season age 21 or younger and and had over 700 yards receiving 700 yards receiving if i can speak um he's now 50 receptions 800 yards plus receiving five touchdowns there there are only like eight receivers that have done what he's done at his age um and they're all really good players i mean you're talking about Juju Smith-Schuster. You're talking about Amari Cooper. You're talking about Mike Evans and Keenan Allen and Randy Moss, like big names. So, uh, you know, do you guys feel like at this point, DK Metcalf is going to be like the, 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 the type of receiver, like the type of number one style star receiver that Seahawks fans have been clamoring for, for a long time. Like, is, is that where he's headed from your perspective? I think so. Yeah, I don't know quite how high the ceiling is. Um, I don't know that he's like a truly, truly special player like a Julio or somebody like that. Um, but like, is he kind of on a, like a top 10 wide receiver trajectory? I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that that's, I mean, we can, we can go through the list. I don't know if you have a handy, but like they're all really, really good players. Yeah, Evan, how about you? No disagreement from me. Obviously, we could get nitpicky and say he's got to work on, you know, his hands and some drops here and there. But <laughs> reminder, he's stupid young. This is his first year in the NFL, and he's been insanely productive with fairly limited targets, not a ton, but with a reasonable amount. And it's just exciting to watch. I'm really excited to see him take the jump the next few years. So the, the eight players, the other eight receivers that started a season, everyone's like, hey, he's 22 now. But that's not the point. This is starting the season age 21 or younger and uh, had at least 50 catches and 800 yards um, as rookies. And the other eight players are Juju Smith-Schuster, Amari Cooper, Sammy Watkins, Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, Josh Gordon, and Randy Moss. So... Of all those guys, like Sammy Watkins is probably the the least impressive of those, and Sammy Watkins is not a bad player uh, by any stretch. Wait, wait. So what what is it that you're looking at? Players age twenty one or younger. Uh huh. At least fifty catches and at least eight hundred yards. Oh, 50 and eight hundred. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I was looking at seven hundred, and it's a little longer, but yeah, it's still. He just eclipsed. I think he's like eight oh five. Um, after this past week. So, so for comparison's sake, Larry Fitzgerald in his age 21 season had 58 catches for 780 yards. That's a, wow. It's a great, it's a great call out. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think 
I, we've talked about the last pod. I mean, he's been coming on pretty strong. He didn't have the biggest impact this last week. Tyler Lockett kind of came back into to his number one role and everyone else kind of faded. But I think it's a big deal. And I, we should spend a second talking about Josh Gordon. I mean, that, that was news that broke this week. And I think all of us are pretty disappointed about it. You know, he, he finally had a, a deep shot last week. It was one of the best catches we've seen all year keep asking why he isn't getting more chances. Um, and now he's out of the league uh, with another uh, suspension. And I, I guess, you know, feel free to take it either direction you want, but um, how, how big of a impact do you think that is for the Seahawks on the field? Um, setting aside what it means for Josh Gordon off of it. Um, Nathan, you want to take this one to start? Um. I mean, I think it's a it's it's not a major deal, but I think it's a fairly big deal. Um, I mean, he was clearly a capable player. He was, you know, I think by the end there, he was, you know, pretty much third in snaps for wide receivers or right there with David Moore. So you're losing some depth. I mean, to me, it's uh, it is a lot more about the off off the field stuff, hoping it gets well and everything. But um, I think there is there is some impact to uh, Seattle on the field. Yeah, I, I think I don't think it's maybe as big of an impact as you think, Nathan. Obviously, that he's had most of his catches have come on like big third down conversions. I'm thinking of like two slants in the 49ers game that you know that came in late. Um, but the reality is, is like he wasn't a super consistent contributor throughout the games. Yes, he was big in pivotal moments, but he was only on the team for a few games. Um, you know, he was making very minimum. Uh, uh, money contract wise with them and yeah it sucks but the one thing i do just want to call out is i think um p carroll handled this press conference so exceptionally well with just handling the questions around josh gordon and you know people were asking like what was the impact going to be on the team and everything like that and p carroll really just one thing i really value and and really like about p carroll is he humanizes every single player on the roster you know nfl fans even myself of course myself get very sometimes focused on the on the player themselves not the human themselves and i think p carroll just handled those questions really well so that's cool to see yeah yeah it, i'm just disappointed he was he was a little bit of a he was an upside guy I and mean, forget obviously the human part of it um the guy's struggling and you want to see him find his footing and and get himself um to a place where he's he's happy and stable and, and all those things um, from a football perspective I enjoyed watching him play I hadn't watched him that close up in his career I definitely had seen highlights but I didn't appreciate how much of a technician he was and how skilled he was as a receiver um, and not just an athlete so I was enjoying watching him play with Russell and gaining some chemistry so it's uh yeah it's disappointing um, I think that expectation is um, people are asking in the chat like who's going to step in you know look we saw we saw this last game Tyler Lockett was back up at you know close to double digit targets you've got um, DK Metcalf who's who's catching the ball more and then I think like it or not you're going to see more of Jerron Brown Malik Turner and David Moore those are the guys that are going to come in there and what people don't know and like gosh we have the hardcore fans right so everyone's been wanting to see it John Ursua actually got on the field. He got a few snaps this week. Did, did you guys notice that? 
Uh, I did not notice that actually. They were they were in like kneel downs, weren't they? Oh, I don't know. Were two, I just know no, in the they final were, he had like five snaps in the final the final numbers. They were all in kneel downs in place that didn't count. Yep. I some because I know that because somebody went back and looked at it and I trust their word. <laughs> Got it. Well, <laughs> It was, uh, well, it's interesting. We'll see how that goes. I think we also saw a situation where CJ Procise fumbled the ball and then Travis Homer seemed to be the one getting carries after that. So hmm. interesting. Um, Very interesting. Yes, dude. <laughs> uh, you know, this is, this is Evan from, this is Evan from off season. Most important ability is availability. That's the whole thing. Who's out for the year? Who is missed? Okay. More, who's missed more games due to injury this year at running? Per back? John Schneider, who Rashad Penny is great in the durability Answer analytics the standpoint. Question, Mr. Hill. Who Man, has missed Ryder, more games? You threw John Schneider under the bus. Running back. Real fast. <laughs> John. Huh? It's a fluke injury. Huh? It's a fluke injury. <laughs> He's been hurt twice injury. this year. Three times. All right, there you go. Rashad Penny, historically in his football career, has not had injury issues. This is just a fluke thing in the Just NFL. last year and this year? How, how many games was he out last year? I, he was like, well, it depends. I mean, he was, even the games he was out, he was in McDonald's. So, like, he's, he was in somewhere even when he was oh, out. Oh, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. CJ Prosize has done himself no favors this year, so you're not going to hear me like pumping him up. But you do not get to take a victory lap because you did not say he was a bad running back. You said he was not available. That's where you went. So don't don't even try. Don't even. That's try. great that he that he was available for the first time in his career, and then he kind of sucks when he takes a few reps and fumbles and got benched for it. Just oh my god! Him. I don't know why you take pleasure in that he's he's uh you know he's the most one of the most frustrating seahawks i think i've ever had the pleasure of rooting for all right speaking of frustrating we're gonna i was gonna try to wait for jeff for this but just in the middle of a snowstorm in toronto it doesn't look like he's gonna make the show we're gonna play a new a new game just just for tonight at least and see how it goes for a little bit and folks on the chat and folks listening should play along um we have we have some great uh some great characters that have joined the show over the over the years uh, on the chat and on the show itself and two of them there's some belief that there might they might be the same person um they tend to communicate in all caps uh and that might be sometimes vocally but sometimes it's literally in all caps on how they're typing at and they both have a name that starts with e uh, we're going to play a game called, is it Evan or Alana? And, and, and I'm going to read off a quote and we're going to, we're going to guess. We're going to take guesses here. I, I happen to know the answer, so I can't play. <laughs> Who said the quote, Evan or Alana? All right. Nathan, you're going to be like our primary, uh, you're going to be our first guesser each for, for a lot of these. Now, I know. I know you know a fair number of these as well. Okay. But um, hopefully you've forgotten some of them. <laughs> and no, Evan, 
you, you know, I, I'm hoping we're going to have a situation where you're going to guess wrong about something that you said. We'll, we'll see if that happens. So, all right. First quote um, we're going to go through. Um, and just to be clear, it's uh, per Elena, it's Elena. Just FYI. It is Elena? Yeah, per her, uh, per her comment. Hard A. Uh, Elena. Okay, Elena. Got it. All right. So, first quote. In all caps, it's mind-boggling how unprepared they were, exclamation mark. Uh, oh, this could go, this could go either way. Oh, this is, the, okay, so this is definitely something that I think in my mind, like every other day. So, this could be me. Is that your final answer? I think it's me. It is Elena. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Mind-boggling yeah. is classic Evan, though. Yeah, uh, no, that's right. my terminology. Wow. <laughs> um. All right. Next. Did you see one. the chat? There were like twenty. Like twenty people said Evan. Everybody <laughs> thought it was me. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is a good game. Uh, next, and by the way, this is this was Nathan's uh, brainchild, so I'm giving uh, credit where credit's due. Um, next quote, all caps: Hawks cannot get behind on the Niners, or they'll get killed. That's Elena. I think it's Elena. That is correct. That is Elena. Yeah. That is Elena. Okay. okay. Um, next quote, and I don't, don't make any like guesses of patterns here. I'm going all over the place somewhat randomly. So, um, <laughs> we are not talking about how badly, badly Ifedi has regressed in two games. That's me. <laughs> you even said Ifedi. So I did. Bad. I did. I did that intentionally. <laughs> that one is definitely me. If it's shitting on Jermaine Ifedi, count me in for it. That's my comment. <laughs> um, take Russell Wilson, all caps. Take Russell Wilson out if you can't sufficiently protect him. You're going to make him reti retire like Luck did. That's me. That's totally me. That's totally me. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally me. Uh, all right, next one. Okay, I'm two all of four. caps. I'm See what four. happens, Pete. Ooh. Oh, Lord. Um, can I answer both? Um, <laughs> we haven't checked through like all of yours, like both of you. So it's possible it's all of these are both. At I one point, you me. both it. I think I think that's me. That is correct. It is Evan. It is okay. Evan. All right, we'll do we'll do a couple more here. Um, uh, all caps. Hawks have to figure out not to how not to get beat by screens and crossing routes. That that's a oh screens that's sorry screens jet sweeps and crossing routes. That's Elena. I'm pretty confident in that one. Yeah, that's Elena. Okay, I'm been pretty decent. You're doing all right. You're doing all right. Um, all right, last one. Let's see how this one goes here. 
Uh... <laughs> Russ in the offense is so weak and lost. I don't think I said that one because I love Russell. You would, and I would never, never say criticize that. him. <laughs> I've never, never said anything negative about Russell, and I never will. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Uh, that's Elena, I yes. think. So that is you did pretty well there. Uh, I think you got most correct. Uh, that is our first edition of Was It Elena or Evan? We will be looking for more opportunities to come back to that to that game. Uh, and until we see them both in the same place at the same time, cannot be sure that they are not the same person. And Elena, I just wanna, I just wanna say, hey, football is an emotional, messy sport, and I'm a messy bitch when it comes to football, and that's okay. We both are. It's a good thing. <laughs> I'm sure Elena appreciates being lumped in with you in that in that uh, admission. So. Uh, we've got a, a, a donation in the super chat from Scott Hylton. Uh, hopefully I pronounced that right, Scott. Thank you for the donation. Um, <laughs> missed most of the game because his first baby was born a few hours beforehand. So first of all, congratulations, Scott. I uh, hope you and your family are doing really well. It's uh, a huge change in life. And uh, at least a couple of us on this pod have gone through it more than once. So uh, what, what breed is the baby? What breed? What breed? Like what type of dog? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Congratulations. I'm just kidding. Such a a millennial. (laughs) Such a millennial. Um, Yes. So humans before dogs. I'm sorry. But um, so, uh, but he he asked, what did we think of Rasheen Green's game? And also how did Ansa play? So Ziggy did not play in this game, uh, Scott. So you did not miss anything there. And I do not know. uh, for sure, whether he's going to play this week. Uh, I think, well, let's come back to the Ziggy thing because I want to talk about that for a second. But how did you guys feel about Rasheem? Um, Evan, or Nathan, we got to start with you. This is your guy. Uh, pretty good. He got a sack. He's leading the team in sacks right now. That's awesome. Um, I, I don't know that he's taken a real big um, – he's taken a big step forward this year. I don't think that there's been – a real big like step function here towards the end of the year where he's gotten, you know, he's suddenly taken off. So I think, I think he's still pretty um, solid and steady. Um, but yeah, he, he's playing well. He got a sack. Can't complain about that. Yeah. I think, I think he played, he played well. Uh, Pete had a lot of nice things to say about him this week. Um, I think right now to me, he is still in the rotational uh, defensive end category. He's not screaming clear starter to me yet. Um, but I think that his trajectory is good. <laughs> I think we just have to be careful with trajectories because we've seen players where we thought they were going a direction like Shaquille Griffin or something like that. And then all of a sudden they, they backslide. So, you know, he's got to, he's got to continue to grow, but he came into the league really young. I'm pretty sure he was a 21 year old rookie as well last year. I think he was 20. He might've been 20. Yeah, that's right. I think he came out like as a junior or something like that, or like he was just, he was really young. So takes a little while to develop, grow into his body. He also is just, he's not the most high energy kind of guy. And so I think he's more of a technician. He's great athlete. um, But, you know, I think he's learning the game and being coached and he seems like he's getting, uh, getting some results for it. So 
uh, yeah, I think that's been positive. On the Ziggy thing, I just want to turn to that for a second. So we all saw him go out um, a few games back, and it we weren't sure if it was a stinger or if it was a you know a, a collarbone. Turns out they said it was a stinger, but it was his injured shoulder, the shoulder that he had surgery on, um, that he was having problems with. So, and Pete sounded rather pessimistic at that point that it's been a problem, it's going to be a problem, and strength is an issue. He's now missed a couple of games due to it. I'm a little worried that there's a chance he may not make it back. It, it seems like that's at least something that we've got to consider. Is that something that you're you're thinking through there, uh, Evan or Nathan? Yeah, I mean, this is like that's what Cam had, right? Isn't that what they initially said he had was a stinger? Cam Cliff. Yep. So you know, a lot of times people is oh, it's just a stinger, but. You know, especially with all the other issues that he's had with that same shoulder. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's. I mean, not only could he not be back for this year, but he might just be done. He might have to retire after this. So um, hopefully it's something that he can shake off, but that he hasn't done it already, I think makes me extra nervous because I think usually these stingers kind of, it seems like players get back pretty quick from these and, and, and it doesn't take a few weeks like this. So um, but I, I'm not a doctor or anything, but yeah, so I, I would definitely be worried about it. Evan, how worried are you about the possibility that Ziggy Ansah may not suit up the rest of the year? Is that a trick question? I, I feel like you're, I'm not. How do you feel? How do I feel about it? Not yeah. great about it. Do I expect great things from him the rest of the year? No. Um, Pete's comments the other day, was it yesterday or two days ago? Didn't seem that positive. And I know we were kind of talking about it in the Real Hawk Talk chat, but it just seems like he's gotten a bit more pessimistic about him. Do you guys think I'm misreading the situation? I think he's been he's been cautious. It's been cautious, Pete. It has not been optimistic, Pete. And I think that's usually when he's trying to give guys time. Um, I do think that I do think that most likely he's going to come back. That's my guess. I, I, I think that he's 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 got an injured shoulder, been coming back from surgery. They're trying to make sure he's got proper strength in it. You know, probably just taking their being cautious. And he's not necessary in each of these games. I think they're, they're trying to make sure he gets back to full strength so he can be there for the stretch run. That's my best guess. So I just though I've been thinking about it and saying exactly what Nathan was saying. These things, nerve type of damage or things like that, they don't mess around with it. And if it turns out, that's not something you could just repair or have surgery on in most cases. Either your your vertebrae are able to, to withstand it or they're not. And so I think it is something worth just being aware of. And they, they did put a claim in on Terrell Suggs. I think whether, I think they would have done that whether Allen said played or not the last few weeks. I think Terrell Suggs would have been a really nice get this late in the season. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's a shame that uh, the chiefs went out there and grabbed him. So um, anyway, let's, let's shift gears a little bit, guys. Let's talk, let's talk about, um, let's talk about the playoffs. Um, you know, the Seahawks have made the playoffs again. Um, we could spend time breaking down this game against the Cardinals this weekend. I don't really want to, unless you guys do. Like, I think we can spend some time there, but but let's talk about for a second. We know that the Seahawks are going to playoffs. 
we know that, you know, the 49ers are going to be there. The Saints are going to be there. The Packers are going to be there. Um, I think we do not know whether it's going to be the Eagles or the Cowboys. Uh, who else am I missing? Vikings. Did you the say Vikings. them? Right? I don't. Yeah. Have Vikings uh, clinched yet? If they haven't, they're real close. Right. I mean, I think that they're pretty much there. Like the Rams have some crazy scenario. Maybe they could make it, but they're pretty much out. So I, I think it's going to be the, basically it's, it's the Eagles or the Cowboys are really the, the lone question there. So um, knowing what you guys know about um, the Seahawks, which of those opponents, like, Stack rank as best you can. Um, the teams that you think the Seahawks are most capable of beating to the teams that they are least capable of beating. So, which is the which is the team you'd most want the Seahawks to face in the playoffs if, if you had the choice? Um, and then let's talk about your top three, and then we'll work our way down. So, just to clarify, you're talking top six like NFC, including the two first round buy team, or I guess the other first round exactly. buy team. Exactly. Don't don't okay. even worry about the buy or whatever. Like, which teams in general do you? Because we don't know where the Seahawks are going to end up yet. We have a hope um, where they will be, but uh, yeah, if 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 they had to play any of the other five teams, and you can actually add in there either the Eagles or the Cowboys. Let's for a second actually like let's call it the Cowboys. Can we? Can we agree it's probably going to be the Cowboys? Eagles are not good. Cowboys are a better team. Because I, I just think it's a more interesting conversation. I think we'd all pick the Eagles, like, as the team we'd probably want to face the most. Um, yeah. So let's assume the Cowboys. So, again, Packers, Saints, 49ers, Vikings, Cowboys. Those are the five. Which, which do you think the Seahawks match up best against and why? I'll give you one. It's the Green Bay Packers, and I'll tell you why. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna play a little guessing game for a second, okay? I'm gonna list five quarterback names, and I'm gonna ask you to find the commonality between all of them. Ready for those five names? The five names are Jameis Winston, Ryan Tannehill, Kyler Murray, Derek Carr, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Do you know what the commonality is between all five of those quarterbacks? They date porn stars. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Real Hawk Talk. Just kidding. Um, all those five have a higher QBR than Aaron Rodgers does on the year. Aaron Rodgers has low-key had a really, really, really rough year under this new LaFleur offense. He has struggled. Their receivers have struggled. They have Devontae Adams, but he's been injured for like five or six games. They don't really have anybody after him. It kind of mimics the Seahawks situation a little bit. And their defense is really interesting. We actually were talking about this just before the podcast, doing a little prep work for the show, first time ever. Um, their defense is known to be like the highlight of their team, but they struggle against really any type of quarterback that's decent. Their best games have come against the Chicago Bears week one, Mitchell Trubisky, who's absolute trash. Um, the Broncos was their second best performance. They played well against the Redskins and the Giants, and they've absolutely shat the bed against the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Raiders, um, the 49ers. Like, it just goes to show that they, there's some – no part of their team is, like, prolifically bad, but there are definitely some parts of their team, especially the quarterback position, that are a liability. 
And second of all, I have a personal vendetta against Aaron Rodgers. I think he's a smug asshole. I hate him. No reason for me to hate him, but I hate him. And I would love, love, love to beat the Packers at home in Central League Field. So my choice, very long-winded answer. Well, I'm curious when you're saying the Packers are your first choice there, is where that game is played, does that factor into it either? Like if, if it's played in Green Bay, in Lambeau Field, is that still your first choice? Is it raining in Lambeau? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, if it's, if it's in Seattle, uh, I want to. If it's in Green Bay, no, I don't want to play in Green Bay. How about you, Nathan? Who's your first choice out of who, who you'd like to play? Yeah, I think the Packers for me too. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about point differential and how lucky the Seahawks have been this year. Uh, the, the Packers don't have a whole lot better of a point differential. Um, you know, there's a lot of evidence that, like uh, Evan's saying, Aaron Rodgers is uh, not especially good anymore. Um, I do kind of wonder about the Cowboys, though. I, I mean, we kind of saw how it went last year. I don't know uh, why I kind of think this way, but um, they might – be dumb enough to try to play peat ball, uh, which makes them a little less threatening. Um, but they're a pretty good team. So, uh, yeah, the only thing that really would worry me about the Packers is is Lambo, and if you get like bad weather or something like that. Yeah, I, I think that's. I think that makes sense. And for folks that don't know, I mean, we talk about all the one possession games or one the uh, yeah the one possession wins um, or single score wins that the Seahawks have had this year. Packers eight, eight out of their, what is it? 13 games, 14 games um, have been one score games. So they have a really high percentage of one score games as well um, this year. And uh, as Nathan said, they do not have a big point differential. So uh, yeah, I mean, if they're playing in Seattle, I think that that's a pretty good matchup for them. Um, uh, I think Aaron Rodgers does pretty well in Lambeau, and I think he likes to do a lot of screwing around with the defense, and it's harder for him to do that on the road for sure. Um, but, I mean, the Cowboys are interesting in that. I mean, they have really not been very good uh, against – I mean, like, what are they now, one in six against teams with winning records this year? I think that's, I think that's what we just saw. They just got their first win oh, against great. a team with a winning record. Yeah. And it was against the Rams, um, who certainly make the seat. They, they look like a Super Bowl champion when they play the Seahawks, but they have been getting their butts kicked by a lot of other people. So, are can I chip in real quick? Are you, yeah. either of you emotionally traumatized still from last year? Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say, if the Seahawks played the, the Cowboys, that's kind of what I was getting to. Is I feel like Evan would just break. Like, oh, oh, I don't know if I could handle it. I, I, I really don't. I think I would die. Like, I, I actually think I'd have a heart attack. I am, I, this is so shameful to say. I'm still, and we were talking about this in the Real Hawk Talk chat. I am still emotionally traumatized by that playoff game. I really am. It was devastating yeah. to me. Well, I just have to say, if, if you had a heart attack, it would not be because of football. I know what you eat, dude. True. So, uh, yeah, I, I, we did talk about this. I 100% agree that that game plan was terrible and like deserved to be criticized and all that stuff. Like, no arguments. I was annoyed. Like, whatever. I just don't. 
I don't care about that game that much. That team, that Seahawks team last year, well, they weren't going anywhere. Like they were, they maybe they weren't going to win the next week or maybe the week after. Like that wasn't a. I don't think a lot was lost uh, other than Evan Sanity, which you know that that's that is precious. was never there in the first place. Precious so. But I don't see a lot of evidence to them going to like that kind of game plan. That was a different, that there was a different team last year. I see evidence of them having bad game plans, but not ones where they're like running the ball over and over and over again, even when it's not working. Like, have we had a single game this year where that was, that was showing up? Nothing I can think of. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't feel like a this year thing like having the offense stall and look like they don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> and like, that's definitely happened and that could happen, but I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd see that. So, um, so yeah, I, I think, I think of that group. I, I think, I think the, the Cowboys, Cowboys might be top on my list because I just, uh, I, I, I'd rather, I think I'd rather face uh, the Cowboys than, than the Packers. Um, I think the Packers defense is pretty good. has a pretty good pass rush, but um you know, we just beat the Vikings. I think the Vikings are a team that the Seahawks, I, I, you know, they just really, they beat them with the running game. And I think if they beat them with the running game, I think they could beat them with the passing game. Um, so, I mean, I guess the only teams, honestly, the only teams that I really feel like are going to be like, would be tough to beat in the playoffs are the Saints and the 49ers from an NFC perspective. Uh and between the two of those, I'd rather play the Saints than the 49ers. Absolutely. Is that Not where you guys are? Not even a question. No, no. No, I, I don't think so. I'll, I'll take my chances with Jimmy G over Drew Brees. Wow. I, really? I, I, I mean, Kyle Allen just put up, like, what, 400 yards on this team? Like, uh, that's the other thing that makes me pick the Packers over the Cowboys is like that Cowboys offense is better. And like the wide receivers are deeper, uh, you know, Dak, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Randall Cobb against the secondary, like, boo, I don't know. Uh, I feel much more comfortable rolling the dice against Jimmy G than trying to go and cover up Drew Brees and Michael Thomas in that offense. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. Uh, I get it. I, if we're talking about playing on the road, I kind of agree with you. Like, if you're going, I think playing in the Superdome is tougher than going down to San Francisco um, for a few different reasons. If you're playing at home, man, I definitely would rather play the Saints. I, I think that I think I think the Seahawks. Yeah, I, I think both of those teams are going to be really tough outs. And it's interesting. I think I think if you if, if you were to ask this question to all the other playoff teams in the NFC, who who do you want to play in the playoffs? Who would you like to play? Where do you think the Seahawks would rank? Would it be the team that they'd want to play that their fan bases would want to play the most or the team that they'd want to play the least? A lot of this kind of depends on things. Like a lot of people are still really bought into Aaron Rodgers being elite, an elite quarterback. So maybe that scares 
people off. A lot of people really hate Dak and haven't bought into him being actually elite. So maybe the people go that way. I got to think, though, I I can't imagine there's a quarterback I want to play less against, really in any situation almost, than Russell Wilson. Like, just in terms of, like, gut-wrenching, screaming at my TV, imagining, you know, KJ Wright trying to ch- chase down Russ or, like, you know, something like that. Like, that would be miserable. So – I don't know how high they rank, but just on the rust factor and how awful it is to play against mobile quarterbacks like that, they got to rank pretty high on the don't want to play list. Yeah, what do you think, Evan? I mean, I, I got to say, I think the Seahawks are a team that almost every other fan base is like, yep, I hope we get to play them. I think we can beat them. I think so, too. I I, I co-sign on that, and, and I'll – and the reason I think that is I think most of the NFL thinks we're pretenders. And I think a lot of people point towards our point differential. Um, some of the fluke, not fluky, but, you know, I guess you could say lucky wins we've had. Um, I, I think, I think people look at our defense and realize that it's just not that good because it's not that good. And if you can shut down Russell Wilson and somehow make him look average, you can beat the Seahawks pretty easily the challenge is just making Russell Wilson look average and continuing him. So, um, yeah, I, I think I think I agree with you, Brian. I think they would be near the top, right, probably behind the Cowboys. I think I think people really hate Dak, like Nathan said. I'd say Seahawks would probably be the second most preferred team to play for an NFC team. Yeah, I mean, if if you think back, I think we all agree Russell's got a. For the Seahawks to actually like go far in the playoffs, he's got to be a MVP level kind of player. Like he's he's got to be great. He's got to be able to help carry the team. When you look back at the playoffs and his career in the playoffs, which are the performances that you point to and say, "Yeah, Russ carried the team to victory there." Like Russ was the reason they did it. Um, and and do you remember more games like that in the playoffs, or do you remember more games where Russell actually had a really tough game? Um, and they maybe they found a way to come back anyway, but but he struggled. Um, do you have? The, um, like, ironically, I will just say I think I think one of his best playoff performances was in the Super Bowl that they lost. Mm, I, I, thought I that totally was a, like, agree. A, a fan, like he was making, he was making uh, what is it? Uh, lemonade out of lemons. I mean, he did not have a lot to work with in that game. And, he uh, really he had an excellent game against the Panthers in the divisional round. Do you he remember did. 2014? He did. Um, that was a game I would say Jermaine Curse had an amazing catch. I'll never forget that catch, like that one-handed. Do you remember that? Like Nathan's like, yep, I absolutely remember that catch. I have it framed all over throughout my house in my Jermaine Curse like altar in my master bedroom. Yeah, he had a really good game. Um, I'm actually just looking – okay, off the top of your head, how many playoff wins do the Seahawks have since, since 2015? Right off the top. What's the number? Since 2015? Since 2015. How many playoff wins do they have? They beat Detroit in 2016, and that's it. No, they beat Car- – uh, they – Detroit they beat- and Minnesota, right? Yep, Detroit and Minnesota. So it's just two playoff wins. They've lost 
three games. Yeah, so they're two and three in the past five playoff games. Russell Wilson's really only dominant performance was that Panthers game. Oh, so you're including 2015. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, two. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, I guess that's kind of that's that's if I'm if I'm an opposing fan, I'm like, yeah, there's been instances where defenses have figured out how to like slow down Russell in the playoffs, and the Seahawks defense isn't very good. Let me take them. I, I think that's how most teams are looking at it. Which I'm not, <laughs> I'm not hating that. I don't mind people underestimating the Seahawks, but I honestly, honestly, I don't think people are that intimidated to come into Central League Field anymore either. I've, oh hell no. Can we can we stop saying that we have a massive home field advantage? And I know that's totally going to piss off a ton of Seahawks fans, but it's just not what it used to be. Am I wrong? I agree. Yeah, you know, like people will be upset with me, but it's the truth. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's interesting. I think just looking at the outside in, I think if we pulled opposing fans, I think the Seahawks would be one of the top teams. I, I honestly think a lot of teams would rather face the Seahawks than face the Packers because of Aaron Rodgers' reputation, whether or not it's well-founded or not. And the Packers' defense is, is looks like it's better. They've got a better pass rush for sure. So it's just interesting. I, I, there might even be some teams that would rather face the Seahawks than the, the Cowboys. So um, <laughs> it's kind of a crazy situation considering the Seahawks are the number one seed in the NFC. So anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll obviously have more time to talk about that, thankfully. The Seahawks now have two home games left. Two home games. The only this is the only time all season the Seahawks will have back-to-back home games. Do you guys know that? Crazy, did, right? Because you said that before. <laughs> yeah, I, I said that to you guys uh, on Twitter. But but uh, so that's that's nuts. So last thing we'll talk about here is the Cardinals game. Um, how how are you guys feeling about this game? Let's let's assume for a second no Quandre Diggs. Let's assume uh let's let's be let's let's be like the most conservative in terms of who plays let's say no Ziggy Yonsa. let's say no Jadavian Clowney let's say no Michael Kendricks no Shaquille Griffin um I think Bobby Wagner's gonna play so I'm pretty sure so I'm not gonna list him how do you feel but we get Luke Wilson back uh how, how do you feel the Seahawks will do if all those guys are out make a big difference, like difference between winning and losing, or just difference between winning by five points or three points, you know, because it's not going to be by 15 points. We know this team. I'll be disappointed if this team doesn't win by 10 or more points. Like the Cardinals have one of the worst defenses. Know this in the, team. the The Cardinals have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. The worst Pass de- passing defense in the NFL. Their DBs are garbage. They are literally ranked 32nd in terms of pro football focus. They do have a good, pretty good pass rush. Their top 10, Chandler Jones, is an absolute beast for them. But, you know, pretty, pretty much their only hope is Kyler Murray playing well. And he actually has played well over the second stretch of the season. He is running a lot more. He is a lot more prolific than I think we saw him earlier in the season at Arizona. Um, this is a game where I could see the Seahawks struggling early, like in the first first or second quarter, and then just blowing it wide open in the third or fourth quarter and, and eventually winning by 10 or more points. Yeah, I mean, I could see this going 
a lot like the Cardinals game, or not the Cardinals, sorry, the Panthers game. Um, if all of those guys are out, then I don't see this being a, a double-digit win uh, for them. Um, but even with missing a lot of those guys, I think that they should they should win, and it shouldn't be too difficult for them. Like Again, it could be another one of those where they have a 10, 14-point lead, and then, you know, Arizona scores a late touchdown to, to make it closer or something like that. So I'm not too worried, but, like, I mean, at some point, like, that's that's just a lot of dudes that are out, a lot of starters you're missing. So you, I, I don't know how you could not be a little worried about it. Yeah, it's it – is, it is, two things are true. Uh, the Cardinals are the only team <laughs> the Seahawks beat by – you know, a decent chunk, right? Like it wasn't a huge blowout, but in Seahawks uh, 2019 terms, it was a pretty big win. At the same time, this is a different Seahawks team than that one in terms of who's, that was a healthy Jadavian Clowney that was, you know, intercepting passes and returning them for touchdowns. And the Seahawks didn't like punish that defense, which has been a really bad defense. Um, And they didn't have Kenyon Drake back then. And they were, it was, it was a different Cardinals team. So I think this Cardinals offense is, is good. Um, they actually, I don't think they're quite as good as we all think they are. They had a good week last week against the Browns for sure, but their point out, like they have not been scoring a ton of points. Um, you know, the, the, even their offensive numbers are not huge. So I think Kyler Murray's been, Kyler Murray's been good. He's not turned the ball over very much. He does take a lot of sacks and a lot of negative plays and he's going to run the ball. And I think, Look, I think the, the magic number here is the Seahawks got to be offensively, they got to be looking to score at least 30 points. I think if they put 30 points on the board, I feel pretty good about the Seahawks' chances of winning, but it could be a 30 to 28 kind of game. It absolutely could be. Um, if the Seahawks actually get their run game and their pass game going with any kind of consistency, instead of like this seesawing crap we're seeing like over and over again, where one thing's working and then the other thing's working and then it doesn't all come together. Then they could, CS could score in the upper 30s for sure uh, against this defense. It's, it is one of the worst defenses in the NFL. So, um, <clears throat> one thing to call out real quick. So, we've talked about yeah. it a couple of times. I, uh, Ansa actually uh, practiced today. He did. I see, I see conflicting things about whether he was a full participant or limited participant. Uh, it looks like full participant. Participant. Um, so, that's good. I mean, I, I still don't know that he'll actually play this week. They might still just take it slow with him and, and save him for the next week but uh he is practicing so in terms of just like is he going to get back on the field this year i think that's probably a yes it's a good sign it is definitely a good sign and uh fingers crossed for that for sure it'd be nice he <laughs> we joked about it but he was he was uh one of the more productive pass rushers for the couple of weeks before he got hurt um it was unfortunate he was starting to come come around so hopefully he can get that back um yeah, so so I guess uh, we all got have to kind of cross our fingers to see how find their way through this game. Hopefully, they have enough focus, you know, knowing that what's looming next week. You cannot kick this game, um, or, or you know, there's there's a lot at risk for you know you're basically kicking the number one seed away if you do that, um, or the chances of getting a number one seed. So um, big game. Uh, do you guys have? Let's go through predictions real quick. Uh, Nathan, what are you seeing uh, as the as the uh, outcome for this game? Go 31-24. All right, Evan? 
I'll go 27-17, so it's an even 10-point win. Yeah, I'm going to go 30-27, to 27, Seahawks win. So uh, if that were to happen, Seahawks would rise to 12-4 and four and would then be playing next week for not only the NFC West division title, but honestly, we didn't even talk about this. We're going to get to watch the 49ers play the Rams Saturday night, the night before the Seahawks play. That's really cool. Like, we don't usually get to have that. Um, I know we, we're kind of wrapping up here. Do either of you guys think that the Rams might pull that game off in San Francisco? I always have faith in Sean McVay. So, <laughs> As I mean, the best just... coach in the NFC West. Second best. To <laughs> uh, uh, no, I mean, this, the Niners just lost to the Falcons. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they could lose to the Rams. Why not? Yeah, that, I mean, that's – you've got Weston Richburg, who is their center, who's out, and you're going to have Aaron Donald, you know, uh, right in the middle of all that, and Michael Brockers. And then who knows what's going to happen with Sherm. And if Sherm goes out uh, again or is injured there, like questions there, uh, you know, it's – it's probably asking a lot that Jared Goff is going to be able to uh, keep himself composed and, and play well. Um, Same time, Brian. They're fighting for their playoff lives. They need it more. They need it more. I hope so, man. I hope so. It would be really fun. I would really, I would really enjoy the, the Niners losing that game um, and then getting to watch the Seahawks the next day. But the Seahawks <laughs> I really want to see the Seahawks win. It has been, it's been a painful home season, honestly, for the Seahawks. It's been great. Like we watched a lot of road wins. Seven and one is franchise record setting. We probably are. I would almost say we are not appreciating that enough. That's never happened in like 40 years of Seahawks football. We've watched a lot of painful, painful games away from, from CenturyLink or Kingdom or wherever else they were playing. But man, it has been tough this year at home. They just have not looked good. Uh, and it would just be nice to see them get, we're all clamoring for home field advantage. Be nice to feel like they actually have an advantage there and play well there. So um, I think that's a, a big part of what these next couple weeks are about. So I, I have a question for you guys. So uh, Seattle wins out. They're 13 and three, which is cool because they've only ever done that twice before. Uh, 2005 Super Bowl, 2013 won the Super Bowl. But is any part of you like offended on behalf of those other teams that this this team could go uh, 13 and three and have a worse point differential than the 2017 Seahawks that missed the playoffs, like? Does it bother you that like the the three greatest teams of Seahawks history in terms of wins is going to inc could include this dumbass team? <laughs> you know what? You know what's been a real revelation for me this year, actually, and kind of like a coming to reality for me is like accepting that like sometimes there's just a lot of not sometimes there's a lot of weird shit and luck that happens in football. You just can't control it always. And if the Seahawks somehow luck their way into a freaking Super Bowl win, count me in. 
I'm you, all aboard for it. Well, of course, of course, of course, of course. Like, if they go, it's something, I don't know, something about, thir- like, could you imagine if this team played the 2013 team? Oh, my God. Oh, they'd they'd no, but that's, that's such an unfair comparison. It is, the it is. The 2013 team would beat any team in the last 10 to 20 years. They were that good. Would they lose to the 2005 team? The no, they would. Team. Would this team lose to the 2005 team? Is that your? Oh yeah, I think yeah, so. I agree too. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant with 2013 to lose lose to 2005. Yeah, no, the 2013 would smother. Yeah, that wouldn't. Have been well, good. Walter Jones and Steve Hutchinson might have something to say about that, but but yeah, I know what you mean. And and don't forget Jeremy Stevens. I mean, <laughs> who could? I'll run a car right through your grandma's like old age home if you're not careful. Literally. Or your defense. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if I'd say I'm offended, but it's tempered my expectations for this team. I, I think the thing, like part of the reason I was so chill about the rant, the loss to the Rams, I was like, there is no way this is a 14 and two team. Like there is no way, like, unless basically that we've gone into some kind of shrink ray where like we just minimized, like lowered the bar so much for what it takes to win games in the NFL. Like there's just, there's no possible way that that's the case. So Brian, what's like a successful end of the season for you? Like what is it? Is it a Super Bowl win? Is it a playoff win? Two playoff wins? Like what I'm trying to gauge like where your expectations are relative to playoff success. Well, it, it really, it really comes down to, how the health of the team starts to shape up at the end of the year. Because if, if we see Jadavian Clowney actually look like he can be a contributor and we haven't really seen that for sure since, since he came back from the injury, if Ziggy Ansa looks like he can continue to be a, a, a useful pass rusher, those two things by themselves make a huge difference. If Quandre Diggs can get back and contribute, like these are big, big pieces and if they're there, I actually think that, I mean, everyone's like, ah, the defense was a mirage. It was a couple of games. The defense was a mirage because they haven't had those players. Like, it's not a deep enough defense that you can afford to have all those injuries and that they're just going to roll on. So I think with those players, I think this team absolutely can have Super Bowl aspirations. And it's not because I think that they're as good as any of those past teams. They've already beaten the 49ers in a really, really freaking tough game. If they manage to do that again and go 13 and three, I think the 49ers are the best team in the league. So if the Seahawks beat them twice anyway, that to me says that they can do just about anything uh, in, in the playoffs. And that includes beating a team like the Ravens. So it, it really depends on, on health. That, that's what it's going to happen. And if those guys are injured, then I'm just going to be like, man, it'd be really fun if Russ can show out and like prove that he can carry a team to the Super Bowl. That would be awesome. Like that would just mean that no matter what happens in the offseason, we got Russ and he can do it again, potentially. So then you just are trying to fill in around him. I don't think he's proven that yet. As much as I love him, I'm so happy he's our quarterback. Like I don't yet feel like I can say, yep, Russ is just going to be Russ every single game you know, and carry the team. And so it would be really cool to see that. But if he doesn't, then it's going to be about uh, getting back to the offseason and figuring out how they, they shore up some of their, their holes that they've got. I don't yeah, know I mean, if that answers for, your question. For me, like a lot of it just kind of the, 
there's so many different ways this can go, right? If they get a bye and then they lose in the divisional round in a great game against the Saints or the Niners, I'm going to be pretty happy. Like, even though they will have one zero playoff games, right? Uh, I think any scenario where they end up in the NFC championship game is hands down a clear success. And I think any scenario where they, if they end up, uh, you know, not getting a buy and they lose in the first round, I'm going to be pretty disappointed. I'm going to be pretty bummed about that. Obviously still a great season. I mean, you went 13 three or whatever, but if, 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 if they, especially if they have another kind of rerun of that Dallas game, it's going to kind of cheapen the season a little bit, yeah. but you know, there's definitely scenarios where they could lose in the divisional round and I'll be perfectly happy. I'd say that's true. Like at least one playoff win for me would definitely be important. How about you, Evan? I think that's the threshold for me too. I was going to say one playoff win. Yeah. It, last thing is <laughs> what would be the most ideal, like what would be the most ideal postseason for you? And I'll go first. Like I mean, you guys just might agree, but like, if the Seahawks could beat the Packers, they could beat the 49ers again in the NFC Championship, and then they could beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, that would be like – I basically would probably want to never watch football again because that would just be <laughs> so perfect. Yeah, I don't think that's – Yeah. That qualifies as like a sexual fantasy. Like, <laughs> like, like that is on a whole nother level. That makes me feel all different types of ways. I'm fully on board with that. That would be pretty amazing. So, all right. So, since we're way off in fantasy land, you get to pick who wins Super Bowl MVP. Who is it? Russ, I mean, isn't it? yeah, it's, it's got to be. No, no, who do you be. want? It can be anyone. You can pick Malcolm Smith. I mean, who, who of everyone, of anyone on this team, they, they give it to Pete Carroll because he does such an amazing job on fourth down calls. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, Jermaine Ifedi. <laughs> that would be amazing because, I mean, an offensive lineman has never gotten remotely close to one that of these. That is such the wrong answer. That's maybe the defense. worst possible answer because Evan, they will re-sign him if he did. For so Jermaine Ifedi. A defensive lineman doesn't come within 30 feet of Russell. Russell has like 20 seconds to throw. They will resign him if they do that. Do not put that out in in the world. And what could go wrong with uh, signing uh, a player based off a Super Bowl MVP award? <laughs> Malik Turner. Oh God, no! For me, it's Russ. It's not even a question. Like I, the 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 th- single most important indicator that the Seahawks can be a contender for the next five to eight years is that Russ is like the best player in the NFL and, and can dominate it in the, in the biggest games, the biggest times against the best teams. Like, so just like Malcolm Smith did. <laughs> just like Malcolm Smith. Yeah. How about you, Nathan? Do you have someone else? Uh, no, I mean, I think Russ is the easy one. Be, yeah, that would be something. Uh, uh, it would be cool to see Lockett get it. Yeah. For some reason. And obviously like, uh, yeah, uh, Bobby or KJ, right? Would be really, really cool. But I, I know, I know, we're past Evan's bedtime. I, I know we got to wrap up here. But I, last thing, since you brought up Lockett, are, are we underestimating him? Like, uh, like Russ had a perfect passer rating throwing to him last year. He like I, I meant to do the math on this, and I haven't had a chance to. If you take out like once he from the point that he went out in the 49ers game, so overtime, 
all the way till this last game where he clearly was back to himself, like Russ was not doing well. Like he was not like how much is Tyler Lockett not given credit for what's making Russ great too? Like, like that connection I think seems pretty damn critical to the Seahawks offense. I mean, that's obvious. I think this is like, you know, talking about analytics and stuff. I think this is going to be the next kind of, I, I, I don't know. I think we're going to down the road, 50 years down the road over one of the things that's going to be fundamentally different about how we think about football is how important we think receivers are. Um, I think that they are far more important than, than they're given credit for. Like for, I think it's starting to change, but for like a long time, they were talked about it as like a luxury or whatever, right? You don't draft a receiver in the first round. That's a luxury or whatever. And I, I don't think that's right. And so I'm, I'm kind of on board with, with you on that. I think that, we are probably underestimating just how good he is and how important he is to this team. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, um, thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, it's been a fun week and fun show and we've got more coming up. We uh, will be doing a post game show. Evan will be hosting on Sunday. And uh, if you haven't already, please join up at patreon.com slash Please give uh, a subscribe. We're, we're closing in on 4,000 subscribers on the channel. So that's awesome. We're, we're gaining hundreds and hundreds of folks every month and uh, building a nice little community here. So it's, it's great to have you all join us. And you'll get notifications when the next Cable Thanos video comes up and be able to see those in, uh, in the series and <laughs> watch them back, which is great. And, and also, you know, subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe on, you know, iTunes or um, Google Play, whatever your favorite Stitcher, you know, whatever your favorite podcast solution is. We're here for you. Um, looking forward to, to seeing you. And if you haven't already, follow the the crew. You've got uh, Nathan at Nathan E11 on Twitter. Follow uh, Evan at Evan Hill SEA. You've got Real Hawk Talk at Real Hawk Talk. Um, and then myself <clears throat> at Hawk Blogger. And even an at Real Jeff Simmons would be a good idea, even though Jeff was not able to go. Give him some love. He's dealing with a snowstorm and couldn't get on the internet. So it'll be nice for him when he gets connected to know that you all care. Uh, so thank you, everybody. Uh, we will be back with you Sunday. And then let's hope everything goes well this weekend. And then let's have a lot of fun next week. Um, it's going to be, uh, we're going to do some special stuff to prep for that game one way or another. So uh, take care, everybody. Have a great night and go Hawks. <laughs>